0: This is BarkCast. You ain't nothing but a
1: hound. On
0: On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer, and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi, Russell. How's your week been here at Canine Point Academy?
1: It's been good, mate. Thanks for asking.
0: Excellent. We've had an email come in from David. David has a border collie mix. Right. And she's a wee bit bouncy, okay. apparently. And she likes to hop up onto the kitchen at work surface.
1: <laughs> and snaffle some food.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, because I thought it was cats that hop up onto work surface. I'm guessing that she just jumps up with uh, front her, paws. Yeah, kind front of thing, paws, yeah. not actually hops from
1: the floor. I mean, she might. She wouldn't be the first dog that had ever done that, but usually they're quite high. And most dogs, will, sort of, if, they, if they're going to do it, will jump up with their front paws.
0: Um, It'll be interesting to see them do it on their back paws,
1: which is actually a trick that you can use to teach them how to stand up. When you do trick training with dogs, to get you might have seen us on YouTube, dogs standing on their front paws. Uh, Oh, yeah, part of the like circus dogs. Yeah, that kind of thing. You teach them to back up onto varying degrees of heights of surfaces with their back paws, and eventually the, the back surface gets higher, and all of a sudden they're standing up. That's not for David to worry about. No,
0: let's answer David's question before (laughs) we start teaching him how to teach his beautiful border collie mix how How to to walk upstairs on (laughs) its front porch. Right, Right, so I think the issue here is...
1: How do I stop my dog jumping up on the kitchen counter? There you go. Okay. The simple quick fix with this is to use a leash, which I know sounds a bit twee, but having my dog on leash, even around the house, does two things. It prevents the dog from getting into trouble and doing the wrong things, eliciting the wrong behaviors. More importantly, it allows us to have control of our dog and continuously reward them for doing the right behaviors. And we've spoken probably in numerous other podcasts about, you know, having dogs on leash and how to engage and reward them and what have you. But a lot of the time when it comes to particular problems that we have with our dogs, we can inadvertently reinforce it Now, I'm guessing in David's case, he'll see, uh, we don't have the dog's name, no, he'll see the dog jumping up on the counter, and it's, you know, Rover, no, stop it, get down.
0: It Uh, was a she dog, so I'm not sure you can use Rover. Roverette. Roverette's good. Roverette, no, get
1: down, off you go. So we'll give the dog some attention at the time of which they're doing the behavior we don't actually want. Whereas if she was just lying on the kitchen floor, just lying by our feet, we wouldn't engage in any particular meaningful way the problem with operating in that manner is we're only giving the dog attention at the time when they're doing the things that we don't want whereas i want to get the dog attention at the time when they're doing what i do want them to do because dogs are very simple behaviors that i do that have reward attached i'll do again if there's no reward or consequence i'll stop
0: can i jump in there of course you can but Roverette, when she does jump up onto the kitchen work surface... Is quite there often is a, being rewarded. Is being rewarded because I'd imagine there's a tasty little treat up there.
1: Yep, she's being rewarded from me shouting and screaming at her. Or David in this instance. And equally, yes, there might be some tasty morsels that I can jump up and snaffle. So there's a lot of reward for me doing that particular behavior. So of course I'm going to do it again. And I, I get this from a lot of clients. Well, how do I punish my dog? How do I teach my dog? No, don't do that. And a lot of the time, the best way of doing that is saying, yes, do this instead and drive a lot of reward and attention to specific behaviors that you want that are better. And therefore the dog's like, well, hey, if I just sit or lie here or go on this bed or I chew this toy, that wakes you up. That drives your attention to me. I might get treats from you for doing this. Ergo, it negates the need to do the other behavior.
0: You mentioned before that having a dog on the leash or lead, as some people would call it. Yep. Would you use and I,
1: and I've seen and the reason
0: I'm asking this is because I've seen some little leads that you use, which are only about. Not like tab leashes. Yeah, like a six inches no, or this, nine inches. this is
1: more about having them on a a, a normal standard six foot leash, which I have. I'm holding the end of, or it's under my foot. So, for example, we okay, if we were sitting in your living room doing this just having a chat and what have you, I would have my dog with me. I can be standing on the end of the leash. So if she's lying here next to me, just chewing her toy or just chilling out, I can be rewarding her either with my attention, that's a good girl, maybe give her the occasional treat. The toy that she's chewing in and of itself is rewarding. So there's a lot of reward and attention being driven to this behavior. Therefore, there's no need for me to wander into the kitchen because I'm getting the rewards here anyway. Added to the fact, I'm also managing this by preventing her from going to the kitchen in the first place
0: so what you're trying to do there is build a invisible barrier for the dog not to go into the kitchen correct so that hasn't helped david out right now because the dog is already in the kitchen and having a lead while you're trying to cook your dinner Mm -hmm. is difficult it's very difficult yeah
1: owning it no one said owning a dog was easy Okay, That's so true. yeah, there are we, we do have to work through some of these processes, and some of them are trickier than others. Teaching the dog to sit and do a high five is just bulletproof magic, easy, did that overnight, thank you. Teaching my dog not to jump on the kitchen counter or to come back takes a bit more effort.
0: Okay, so let's break it down mm-hmm. to the steps. That, so we already have a problem where Roverette, is that what we called her? Roverette, yeah. Roverette is jumping up with her paws up before so, we even get to the barrier of all the in, you know the invisible barrier of getting into the kitchen she's already in the kitchen mm-hmm. so what
1: do we do first well actually just a, a quick point before that there's a, there's there's two options always management training the management is and you'll know this from having young kids are the physical barriers i could put a baby gate across the kitchen dog can't get in okay border collie want, might want to be a high gate <laughs> um but you know you lock you lock cabinets, you cover plug sockets. You can do all of these things to manage where the dog can get to. And David didn't mention the age of his dog. But again, if we're dealing with puppies, again, I'm limiting their access to where they can get to anyway. And they earn those freedoms over time. Now, going back to your point of, yeah, I'm trying to cook dinner. I don't have the wherewithal, all the time or the ability to focus on what I'm doing over the stove when the dog might be doing something behind me. If you're only ever working with your dog in the situation that you need it to do something else, you're very likely to fail. A, because you're still driving attention to the wrong behaviors. And B, you're not fully engaged with the dog. You're engaged with whatever else it was that you were doing. So what I would do with, in in David's case, I'll take the dog into the kitchen with me on leash. and She chooses to sit or lie down. I can drop a treat for her. I'm just going to make a cup of coffee. I'll turn the kettle on, and I'll just see what my dog does. She tries to jump up. Even before that, it's about rewarding her for being on the floor. If she does jump up, I can guide her gently off with the leash. No, back down. She gets down. Oh, good girl. Have a treat. Have a fuss. Kettle's ready. I'll turn the coffee machine on. Just sitting and waiting. Maybe doing some engagement work with my dog. Ask her to sit. Ask her to lie down. If she'll do those things for you, reward and engage it. So all of these things that we do with our dogs is showing them that these behaviors work, irrespective of location. They work all the time. And if I've got a good reward history for doing these behaviors, I'm more likely to try them than do the other ones because they don't seem to work anyway. And on a quirky note, we mentioned at the beginning about handstands, which isn't particularly relevant to David in this particular instance, but there is an argument a lot of people say to me I don't want to teach my dog any tricks that tricks and circus stuff it's rubbish I don't need any of that now I would argue well actually th- let me ask you a question here Jay would you argue that a high five a rollover, is a trick that well, I would or, teach my well, dog if I'm teaching my dog something and I yeah. say to teach them to roll over or do a high five that's Wh- a which one because
0: there's, there's two different things either mm. those are tricks I think both are tricks yes
1: Whereas sit, stay, is more of a behavior.
0: I have a boxer. It doesn't know the word stay. <laughs> stay is yeah. not in its yeah. vocabulary.
1: <laughs> but those, we, we don't regard those as tricks. No, no. Okay.
0: So I understand what you're trying to get at, and, and I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious. A sit and a stay would be a behavior thing that I would come to Canine Point Academy yep. to learn how to do.
1: Because those are uh, important things.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. A high five and a roll, the roll over is easy because belly rubs Mm -hmm. so roll over belly rub and high five is just a cool trick that my kids want to do
1: cool i would argue that all four of those are tricks if you think about it you're asking your dog to do a specific behavior at a time and place of your choosing doesn't matter what the behavior is it's i'm asking my dog to do something specific whether that's sit stay high five roll over they're all tricks now obviously some of those tricks are going to be a, used an awful lot more and are an awful lot more important than others. Yes, but
0: is not standing on its back legs with its paws on a shelf or a countertop not a trick? It's a... It's a, being silly. No, 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 it's not. It,
1: it is a trick. Of course it is. The differential would be, when we talk about tricks and so forth, is we look at tricks as being those quirky behaviours that I really don't need. The only benefit of my dog being able to do them is to show off to my friends. There's no value unless my dog is going to enter into the circus, there's no value in teaching my dog to high-five or roll over.
0: I have seen a few dogs win um, Britain's Got Talent, to there be you, fair.
1: Absolutely. So if you're going to go down that route, you need to have those skills.
0: And I, you've also, sorry to jump in, but at Canine Point Academy, you do have an agility course that people could come and actually train to do. I, I do, Joking indeed. aside, it's quite a cool thing, though, isn't it, to do the the little in-and-out uh, It is, indeed. Slalom. There you go. We'll yes. Get the word out.
1: Uh, weave poles. There you go. Uh, oh. The <laughs> Getting back on point... The benefit of teaching my dog my high fives, my rollovers, handstands, whatever it may be, is now my dog has an even larger repertoire of behaviors to go to. So when they come into the kitchen, they try sitting, and I'm too busy making my dinner to remember to treat them or fuss them. They might think, wait, the sitting normally works. Let me try something else. I'll lie down. Well, that doesn't work. And now instead of going to jumping up on the counter... They might offer one of the other behaviors that we've worked with so continuously. So the more I can teach my dog, it might not have the benefit of, you know, teach them to roll over is one thing, but I would argue come back over is way more important. But if they've got this repertoire of behaviors, they're more likely to go to those behaviors to try and garner reward because they know it gets reward from you. And the time and effort you spend with your dog to teach those behaviors helps build the bond between you and the dog. And all of this time, they've not been jumping up on the counter.
0: You're making some very good points. And I will once again, I will jump on the side of David here. Sure. What's the first thing he needs to do?
1: Again, I'll put my dog on leash. I uh, Whether it's a puppy or an older dog that he's working with, I'll have her on. I'm, I'm going back a few stages. There's the physical properties in terms of putting up barriers and gates. Yes, that can help. It manages the problem. But if I've got my dog on leash with me, it prevents the dog from being able to then go and jump up and do things in the first place. The obvious question here is, well, what if I'm not home? How do I stop my dog? Or I'm in another room and I've let the dog off. How do I stop it from doing it? Well,
0: I can answer that, Russell. Don't put sausages on your countertop, which (laughs) would be a a good thing to do.
1: Hey, again, management, put things away. How do I stop my dog rummaging in the bin? Put a lid on it. Put it in a cupboard. Put it outside. Put it where the dog can't get to it. The
0: lead on is the first thing. Correct. Now, what happens when Rovette jumps up for the for the first time? So she's still in a. a is it a, a yank down? Is it a no? What's the what would he say to the dog or do with the dog?
1: First of all, no, no is a is a marker. It means no, you've done the wrong thing. I'll use my leash guide her back down, and it's not about full power kapow. It's just guiding the dog off. So going back to the the, the sciencey bit, behaviour with reward, I'll do it again. If there's no reward, i.e., no food, no engagement, I'll stop. Depending on the level of the dog, if it's like every now and again she sort of gently climbs up to just check things out, you might find removal of any sort of reward and redirecting those rewards to alternative behaviours is sufficient. The consequence is the the leash consequence that we can apply, and the strength of that will. It depend on the severity of how the dog is behaving. So if the dog is continuously jumping up, you know, regardless, regardless of whether there's any sort of reward or not, it now becomes a case of, well, I can apply consequence to that behavior, but I want the dog to know what the out is. And when people come to me and say, well, how do I punish my dog for this, this, and this? I find that really unfair because, well, yeah, I know how to punish the dog, but punishment's one thing, but they need to know what they should do instead. So I'd rather show them that, reward and engage that, So now you've got reward history. So when the dog does make a mistake, jumps up onto the counter just to chance it and check things out, and you gently guide her down with the leash, she's more likely to jump, oh, yeah, hang on a minute, let me try, was it the sitting thing that you wanted? Oh, there's a good dog, have a treat. So the sitting, for example, is the behavior that works, it gets your attention, it gets reward. The jumping up doesn't. If anything, it gets consequence. And in that black and white scenario no pun intended for the Border Collie, that will work. In terms of, yep, how do I manage it when I'm either not there in another room or we've gone out and left the dog free roaming, you can't. If it's ingrained in the dog to do these certain behaviors, you have to manage that. I've got to train it, but I've also got to manage it for those certain times. In the same way, if you needed to pop outside and you've got a baby in the house, you would put them in a cot, you'd put them in a pen, you would manage, or you take them with. You would manage that situation. You have to do that with the dog, until you can reach a point where the dog knows these other behaviours, like going to my bed and chewing my toy, are much more rewarding and enticing, and that other behaviour doesn't work. Cool.
0: Well, there you go, David. And if you do want your border collie to walk on its front legs, then give <laughs> us a <laughs> call. <gives> a <laughs> yeah. So, canine academy with a,
1: with a border collie mix. I'm guessing, got a really cool dog with a lot of drive either for food or for toys so to teach uh, i mean border collars are fantastic to work with because they're just wired like completely wired so super dogs to work with but with that drive by using it and shaping his dog to do all of these different quirky behaviors you know lie down roll over go between my legs all of those sort of things it just gives his dog much more of an outlet to perform and therefore more likely to redirect to those behaviors there you go thanks russell cool. thanks very much cheers bye bye
0: If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. BarkCast was
1: created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at J at shark13productions.com.